Hey everybody, this is Cliff Ravenscraft and welcome to episode number 34 of the Grey's Anatomy Fan Podcast. What you are about to hear is unlike any other podcast that we've done in the past and unlike anything we'll probably ever do again in the future. For those, I just share this for those of you who are tuning in to the Grey's Anatomy Fan Podcast for the very first time. I strongly encourage you, if that is the case, to go back and listen to episode 33 or any of the prior episodes so that you can get a good feel for the, the quality that you can come to expect from the Grey's Anatomy Fan Podcast. What happened is while the when Grey's finally has come back, and we are so thankful it has, uh, we were in New York City for a podcasting conference, myself and my wife, and as a result of that, we were not able to do our normally scheduled live show after the episode. So we wanted to still bring to you our initial reaction to the show uh, that just recently aired, and so we want to go ahead and... Um, play that for you in this week's episode of the Grey's Anatomy Fan Podcast. So what you're about to hear is a very horrible audio quality phone call recording that we did on TalkShoe during the weekend while we were stuck at LaGuardia Airport in New York City. Now, a couple things, or one thing I do want to note for you is that we will be doing the Grey's Anatomy Fan Podcast on a weekly basis, and we will continue to do the live show. We'll have much quality higher in-studio recording here uh, for a release of the podcast. But if you do want to join us by phone, because Grey's Anatomy is on the same evening as Lost, and we have a Lost Initial Reaction podcast to do, we are not going to watch Grey's Anatomy until Friday morning, Stephanie and I anyway. And so every Friday afternoon, at following a brand new episode of Grey's, by the way, but every Friday afternoon, if there's a new episode of Grey's on Thursday night, the next day at 12.15 p.m. on Friday, we will be doing a live show on TalkShoe. If you ever have any question as to what our schedule is for our podcasting network, you can usually find things over at gspn.tv schedule. Again, that's gspn.tv schedule. And uh, if you ever notice that it's out to, out of date or there's not new information up there, feel free to cl- email me at cliff at gspn.tv and we'll get that updated. So without any further hesitation, here's the, uh, apologetically, the low quality of the audio of our show, but hopefully you'll enjoy the content. Thanks very much and we'll see you next Friday at 12.15 noon on TalkShoe, Eastern Daylight Time, by the way. Bye-bye. Welcome to the Grey's Anatomy Fan Podcast, the show that takes a look at the hottest relationship drama on television. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Hey everybody, Cliff Ravenscraft here, and we are recording a Grey's Anatomy Fan Podcast. I see that my wife is over there looking at me funny because I started the show. Hello, Stephanie. Oh no, that's fine. You can start the show. It was it was just funny. Hello, everybody. It is um, so cool to be doing a Grey's Anatomy podcast again. I mean, it's been forever. It has been forever. In fact, uh, this is going to be, like, really weird for people who are tuning into our podcast for the very first time because we never have our quality be this low for the Grey's Anatomy. But (laughs) we are stuck in New York City, which is a wonderful place to be stuck, by the way. Except in the airport. I mean, Yeah. yeah. We, we had. The, um, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say that we got the call ten minutes, about ten minutes after we left, um, 
Chef Mark's apartment. We got, you know, in the, in the cab and, and headed to the airport. And then Mark called like 10 minutes later and said, oh, your flight's canceled. Do you want to come back? And we just figured, no, we were already, you know, on our way. And so we just decided to hang out at the airport all day. Our, our flight was um, canceled and rescheduled for like three hours later than what we were originally supposed to fly out. So... Yeah, so we've decided that we're going to turn this into a podcasting event. And so we're doing our Grey's Anatomy fan podcast via the phone using TalkShoe, which, we'll, of course, we always thank TalkShoe for giving us the ability to interact live with our friends online as well as the ability to pay for all of our bandwidth for many of our shows. So thank you, TalkShoe. Yeah, absolutely. So, Stephanie, we're going to talk about the return of Grey's Anatomy. It finally came back. Finally. And I took some notes, and I did not share them with you. But no, but you, you did jot down the things that I that I thought were important. So. Cool. So we'll, we'll we'll just go down the line here, and I'll start off the first note that I have. Uh, okay. Is the rock star contest. The rock star contest. Um, you know, I thought that it was cool towards the end when we're finding out that you know. They weren't the first residents to have the contest, you know, and I liked when when the chief was getting excited about it, you know, and he was keeping track of every stitch that that um, Christina and Alex were making. I thought that that was really cool. But um, as as far as, as the whole idea of the contest goes, I'm not so sure that I want my surgeon, you know, sleeping in the hospital for 14 days, you know, unshowered and, you know, just not really on their A-game. Now, do you think that there's not showers at the ho- the hospital for them to take oh, showers? Oh no, there are, no, there are there are showers. What I was I was referring to um, Izzy's comment about keeping her hair clean was becoming too much of a task, so she cut it all off. Oh well, we're not going to talk about her just yet because I have a lot of horrible <laughs> things to say about her. And I know I'm you, sure that, but that has. I will put that closer to the end of the show because I know people are going to hang up and or they're going to stop listening on their <laughs> iPod when they hear me go off. So. We'll just save that near the end. That way those people can enjoy a little bit more of our discussion. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the Rockstar Contest, the next thing I have on the list is Lexi and George have their crap apartment together. They have their crap apartment, yes. They both, you know, need a roommate, and um, and so they decided, you know, let's, let's room together. And I think that it's kind of funny that, you know, I, I understand that they're interns and everything, but that they have, like, you know, no extra money to... <laughs> they, they're they stuck in a, a crap apartment with brooches. And so, anyway, so through I guess inter- you have to start somewhere. So through the intern process, do they not get paid at all? I don't know. Does, does anybody know? We'll ask in the chat room here. Okay. And let's see here. Hmm. One of the things, let's see here. Rob says, I can't remember the two of them making that decision before the break. Was this something that they showed? Uh, good question, Rob. In fact, I, I had that, said the same thing. The one the one thing I did notice is that watching this time, they did like a previously on Grey's Anatomy uh, when we were watching it on the Internet here, and it did show... Yeah. Uh, George saying, so, hey, do you have a place? I was thinking about getting an apartment. And so I guess they did show that, and it just wasn't didn't stand out until this right. episode when we saw how much of a deal they made it. 
Yeah, that, and that's one thing that, you know, when we watched this with Chef Mark, we were talking about it's really hard to remember all the things that happened before the break. And, you know, I think that a lot of things that they opened up before then won't be, you know, won't be brought back to again because so much time has passed. Gotcha. So, but Now, Emily's in our chat room, and she said that uh, they do get paid, but although it's extremely minimal. So thank you, yeah, Emily. Enjoy- yeah, and one thing that I was just thinking and that she brings up here is that, you know, George had to pay Meredith rent. You know, they um, they were paying her rent to live in her house. This is true. Oh. Absolutely. You know? Anyway, I just no. find it funny that the two of them can, together can only afford that one crap apartment. Yeah, so I'm going to jump ahead in my notes just a little bit because this is the perfect time to talk about Lexi's brand-new uh nickname for Grey's Anatomy, which we're going to call her McFeef. Okay. <laughs> or we could call her McSteely. <laughs> McSteely. So, uh, All right. You know what would, be, what would be hilarious if one of our listeners would call in to the LaGuardia Airport and page us and that would no, go that into the podcast. That would be funny. No, but that anyway, be... <laughs> uh, back, they, let's talk about the... some of the things that she stole. She was talking about the placemats, uh, which were... Which were, lap, yeah. The lap pads. <laughs> <laughs> I like that for... she, stole, she stole, like, the thing that says exam room, too, and <laughs> she put it up as a decoration. And scrub room, the sign that says scrub room. That was great. But my yeah. favorite was, the favorite was when she pulls up the bedpan, and she goes, ooh, fruit bowl. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. I did like that. But then uh, when she's actually there and, you know, she's telling George, you know, I know it's all stolen, but um, they showed her her pasta was in canisters that were, like, hold bodily fluids. Yeah, or um, cotton swabs and all that other stuff. Yeah, it was, yeah. That was good stuff. It so. Was. In this episode, we see them all run out, of course, being paged, and they're out there trolling for, what she say, trolling, trolling for dramas. And the first person that comes yeah. in on the um, on the ambulance is Cheech Marin, also known yeah. as Hurley's Hurley dad Dan. now. <laughs> That's ABC. That's ABC reusing actors. They okay, recycle was, everybody. They do. But it's so cool because um, for, you know, growing up, seeing Cheech and Chong and all these Cheech movies and and all these different things. It's it's funny how Lost has taken away what used to be his quote unquote, you know, personality as as you know, Cheech and Chong. And and now when I see Cheech Marin it's like, dude, it's Hurley's dad <laughs> that, that is pretty funny. It's just it's totally that one role has totally changed, you know. Well, and that one role has introduced him to a whole other generation of people as well. That's true. It's amazing how many people are probably watching, you know, Lost and Grey's Anatomy and have seen him twice. And and, and when they see him in Grey's Anatomy, they would say, oh, my gosh, that's the guy who played Hurley's dad and maybe are not aware of his previous career. Right. And, of course, I'm starting to recognize this happening more and more often now that I'm starting to get gray hair on top. It's it's just happening (laughs) too frequently. I'm going to just start hanging out with old people now. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, the next thing is I, I, on, on the notes, and then because, like I said, we're gonna 
we're not going to go right into who was handling uh, Mr. Uh, right. Hurley's dad uh, just Mr. yet. Hurley's dad. Mr. Hurley's dad. Uh, but anyway, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next uh, note in here. It says intestines in the hand. You want to talk about that? That was an intense moment. I just, <laughs> the whole build up to it and then the actual moment, even though we had seen it in the preview so many times, it was just, and then Bailey's like, did you just say, and Christy's like, intestine in the hand. And so you, anyway. But other than that, I mean, it wasn't all, it was, it was an intense moment. But I, I that was one of those. It was one of those scenes when, if you've seen the preview four or five times, it kind of like they they really stole the thunder of the of the director right. there. Yeah, I I really agree with you, and that's what I I think that's what I'm trying to say is that we had seen it so many times that you already knew that it was going to be an intense moment. So the by the time it actually came up, it had passed. Right. So in fact. When we saw that happen, we were kind of waiting for it, kind of expecting it. So one of the things that I think was supposed to be like a lot less of a shock, but still a shock, became actually more of a shock than than that scene. And that's when uh, uh, the rebound girl takes her hat off to reveal that she had just a yeah. little scratch. Yeah. And so of course I, her that... scalp. Mark and I both gasped when she took her hat off because there's just something disgusting about seeing someone partially scalped, and so um, it was disgusting. It, it, it was it was disgusting, and because was, there was the element of the scru- of surprise, it was more disgusting than intestines in the hands. So. And it was amazing how we had to go back and see it again, like we rewinded it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> that was. How morbid are we? And then, and so the second time we're we're like, yeah, it's just really gross. And so I don't know why, you know, we didn't yep. just move on. But anyway. So the next note I have here is, uh, let's see here. Mark tells Meredith that Derek and Rose won't last. So you want to set up that scene and kind of describe it? Well, okay, set it up? I don't know. Well, they're in the... They're in the room with, excuse me, the the broken hand guy who ends up being the the tumor brain tumor guy, and and his rebound girl. And so they're you know they're they're talking and they're sharing that information. And then as Mark is leaving the room, he says in her ear very quietly, you know, Derek and Rose won't last. That's her name, right? It's Rose. Yes, yeah, Rose. Okay. And so I think that even. Even he knows that, you know, obviously, Rose is their rebound girl. Right, exactly. It was amazing how the the whole idea of rebound girl was so prominently discussed in this episode when when I don't really think that that rebound girl was was a rebound. I think, obviously, she had some issues with her self-confidence, which was really huge. I mean, my gosh, they... I suppose there are people that really go through that, and it's, you just kind of just wish you could knock her upside the head, you know, after she feels yeah, it. Yeah, you did, well, the bear kind of did it for you, but... <laughs> I think maybe that's what happened. I think the, the bear probably just said, listen, lady, get in there. Get in together. <laughs> Come on. So, uh, anyway, but yeah, but yes, I, I think that's an excellent point, that Rose is definitely the rebound girl. And um, yeah. I just I just really thought it was cool how... 
you know, Mark Mark was on Meredith's side. He really likes Meredith. I, he, uh, you could tell he really hated Meredith at first and really didn't think that she was right. Almost as, you know, Meredith, in a way, was kind of like that trashy waitress, you know, as far as that's the way he viewed her. Right. And so, well, think, but... Yeah, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. And so, and so what's happened is he's really gotten to know her and seen that she's a lot more than what he expected and had really initially judged her for. And so right. he actually sees that he's good for Derek and, and that 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 she she can provide, you know, possibly a relationship that would be meaningful and, and would bring good happiness uh, into his life. So I think that that was neat that he did do that. I, I, I do as well. It's... <laughs> All right, so we're going to be boarding for Canada here soon. So anyway. <laughs> Sorry, that was really funny. <laughs> um, so I think that in the beginning, it wasn't so much that, that um, Mark really didn't like um, Meredith. I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying about the whole, you know, thinking that she was just this, you know, trying to, would you call her? What, what did you well, well, what the what Rebound call, Girl called herself was a trashy rate waitress. Waitress, okay. So, you know, but, so but just, I think that Mark could have. Um, <laughs> we're going to need to credit this guy in our podcast. Well, yeah, we, we really will. So what what is so funny is that when he is talking, even though I'm, like, all the way across the the hall, I still hear him louder in my earbuds than, you know, anyway. Wait a so, second, you know, you know what would have been funny is to have him announce our show. It's like, ladies and gentlemen, we are now recording the Grey's Anatomy fan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really great. <laughs> so, anyway, um, what I'm trying to say is that I really think that maybe Mark uh, thought that that Meredith was that. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to concentrate, isn't it? It, it is. <laughs> what's, what's really What's really funny is they just like we're not sitting in the gate where we're supposed to be sitting. And so I think another Stephanie's like on one side of the terminal and I'm on the other side of the terminal so we're not hearing each other's echo. And they just called the flight that was sitting there. Yeah. And uh, so, it cleared out. Oh my gosh, I'm getting a phone call. That's sweet. Yeah, he'll get a he'll get my voicemail. Rant, well, it it's from a client, uh a client kind of thing. Oh, okay. So he'll okay. get the voicemail, I'll call him back. Anyway, so what I'm trying to say is that I think that in in the beginning, um, Mark felt like Meredith was Derek's replacement for Mark. You know, because Derek is always telling Mark he's such a trashy person and I'm a lesser person for knowing you. Right. You know what I mean? And so I think that that Mark was under the impression or wanted to be under the impression that Meredith was taking that role in Derek's life. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. And then found out, and then found out that there is more to her than what he had initially thought. So there's more to her than there is to him, which I don't necessarily agree with. Um, anyway, and 
and then he, he does like her. And I think that he knows because of his relationship with Addison and Addison's, you know, um, Addison's take on the whole thing, knowing that that Meredith is the one for Derek. Yes, absolutely. So um, let's go ahead and talk about the fact that, you know, Rose, we catch her coming up to Lexi or Steel here, McPhee, or whatever you want to call her. And uh, she's just like, oh, my gosh, did you see his eyes? Did you see his eyes? And I'm trying to play cool. I'm trying to play cool. Oh, I think I love him. No, she she didn't say think. She said I love him. Oh, Oh, I love him. Okay. And so, obviously, uh, what I don't think she saw, and and the first time I thought for sure she did, but seeing it the second time, I don't think that she saw that Meredith saw her. Yeah, I don't think that she saw Meredith. I think that it was just the realization that, okay, I'm telling this to you, and I have no idea who you are. And then maybe later it kicked in who she actually said it to, um, being, you know, Meredith's sister. But anyway, so I thought that that was, um, that was interesting to see on on the character of Rose. But um, really, I don't think that it has any point to, you know, anything in the future. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm having a hard time putting my thoughts together because I'm a complete people watcher, and so there's so much activity going on around me. I'm having a hard time staying um, concentrated on my... Well, focus here. we got a job to do. Uh, I'm trying to focus. The next thing we're going to go ahead and talk about is Meredith. And, and of course, what we avoided at this point is, is starting off. I mean, the episode started off. She was sitting in uh, the office of a therapist. Yes. So so she was. She visited the, I guess, I don't know if it was the psych department or whatever, but she went there to talk to somebody, and, of course, she doesn't talk. And then um, it, I, I didn't realize this, but, you know, the the – the doctor was, like, saying, you know, are you going to talk? You know, hey, this is a hospital with lots of rumors. I've heard things. And she's, like, she was about ready to say something, but then she didn't because she got paged. And she started running because of the contest. But the one thing is that um, she she and George were talking. He's like, you know, listen, I can't believe you won't, you're going to give this to me and you won't talk to me yourself. He goes, it's not about Shepard. It's not about Shepard. She goes out. And I didn't realize this, but that's when the the the, the therapist was walking Walked by. by. I was like yeah. wondering, you know, because I was kind of halfway watching it the first time when you and Mark were watching it, and right. so I just thought for sure that perhaps maybe she had seen Shepard, and of course that's why she shut up. But watching it no, the second it, time and actually physically seeing what was going on, um, I I, and I noticed real quickly. It's like, oh, okay, so that was the therapist. That's why. She kind of got embarrassed and shut things down there in the conversation. Right. Very cool. All right. So uh, with Meredith, um, the funniest thing that she did, which was a little weird, was that that she jumped up and she goes, "Oh yes, tumor." <laughs> I, that like, was hilarious. But and I think that well, definitely in the beginning, um, the whole the whole prospect of the 80 points for, for the medical mystery is what, you know, steered her to look for something more than just the broken hand. Um, 
and then I think we see through the course of, of the episode a huge change in Meredith, but it was hilarious when she's sitting there, okay, I want you to do one more thing for me, you know, tell me when you see my fingers, and then she jumps up, arms waving in the air, tumor, and then realized, you know, hello, I'm sitting here with the patient. <laughs> now, now w- uh, once again, when we were watching that for the first time, I did not know that she said tumor. In fact, what I thought she said, I think, would have actually been funnier because I thought for sure when she was holding the fingers, you know, pulling the fingers closer to herself and he finally says, okay, now I can see it, I thought for sure she threw both hands up in the air and yelled, score. Why would that be funnier? Just because, I mean, well, I mean, I don't, that's just, it, it seems that it would be less of a, of a awkward thing for her to say to be so excited about a tumor you know, it's like, ah, yes, it's a tumor, where as, as you know, because that would seem, like, really weird, but then if she, but if she would have just yelled score, it's like, that has no context for them, and it's like, would really be out of place, and yet it's not as awkward as anything. It's like, I'm so excited you have a tumor, you know? Right. So. I, I understand, I understand what you mean, but I think that, I think that tumor works. I, I, I do, I think that it works really well. So anyway, um, but yes, Meredith definitely threw this. Uh, th- that's a good point because I didn't even pick that up until you just said it. The fact, the fact is, is that this con- this contest is what helped her to diagnose the fact that he does have quite a sizable and growing tumor. And had they not had this contest, she she would not have been looking the way that she was looking, and he would have been discharged with the tumor. Is that you would agree with that, right? Yeah, I would, and I'm, you know, trying to keep an eye on the chat room too. And and this is something that that Allison and Winnie were talking about is that, you know, really glad that Meredith's instincts were right, and that um, you know, turned out he did have a tumor, and that it wasn't just another neurotic Meredith moment. And I'm really hoping that this was an episode where we can move on from uh, neurotic Meredith moments. Yeah. You know, not that her personality is going to change completely, but maybe that we're going to have a lot less of this neurotic character that just drives everybody crazy and more of the really great doctor that her mom wanted her to be. <laughs> I, I'm i afraid to say what Rob Blatt just put in the chat room uh, right here because I'm surrounded by so many people that are already thinking I'm crazy. <laughs> but I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think you could say it over there so people on the podcast can hear <laughs> oh, there are kids over there by you, aren't there? Yeah, there's kids here, so you, okay. you go ahead and say it. All right, so um, Rob Blatt is, is chatting in the chat room, and, you know, we were talking about how Meredith put her arms in the air and, and screamed tumor, and he says it's so rude to scream an ailment at a person. It's like screaming erectile dysfunction at someone. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff, Rob. Good stuff. That's, that's good stuff. I'm glad I met Rob this weekend. Right. And a whole slew of other people. It's been yes. a fantastic weekend. Yeah, for those that don't know this, we were here in New York City for a conference on podcasting and new media. So we got to meet uh, several people from the GFPN.TV community. And we had a wonderful meetup in Central Park and had lunch at a diner uh, in, in uh, I guess, was that Midtown? Or, or like right around Greenwich Village. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. We, yeah. we were all over the place. But anyway, yeah, we had we, a wonderful time. We were time. all over the place, but the diner was in Midtown. Okay. So, um, let's see here. Where are we going to go? Uh, Meredith, I, I think what was neat was seeing her, and it was really what I think Grey's Anatomy needed, is to, to really have these people grow up a little bit because they had right. so childish, it seems that these people were still in high school uh, with their attitudes, and some of them quite are, still are. But I think what was neat is that we see Meredith finally saying, you know what, I'm sick of playing these games. And even though she won the contest, she got the pager at the end. She she got patient. She just, like, let it go because she was busy doing yeah. something which was more important. It wasn't so childish. Right. Now, I, I really loved the changes that saw in her, you know, and it's kind of like her character has now begun to to come full circle. Now, if she was on Lost, that would mean they'd be killing her off next week. But they've already tried to kill Meredith several times, and she won't die. So, um, That's I, right. I they, really, they tried to kill her. Yeah, they did. Um, I really like that they have made a change in her character. And even if it's one character at a time, you know, I think that that's okay. So uh, th- this was a great way to bring back from being, you know, the first episode since the writer's strike and... And to say, okay, you know, maybe we've heard some of the complaints that, you know, our our characters are still, you know, 12. And, and that, that even though they're, it's not changing the complete dynamic of the show, because it's still, you know, a little over the top, and it's not really what you're going to find in reality, but, um, but they are making tweaks and changes to make it maybe more of a grown-up kind of atmosphere. Yeah, which I think is what Graves needs if they even want to, think about continuing in into another season. So I think that that's going to be really good if they continue to go in this direction and even do that with some of the other characters. So right. uh, let's, let's talk about somebody else who has definitely changed in this season. Uh, you know, we wondered how in the world they would actually even do anything with Christina Yang as a result of uh, Burke leaving Grey's Anatomy. And uh, so obviously they have been able to keep her character moving but, boy, she seems like such a different person, but yet is she a different person? Uh, she's obviously become, like, a huge uh, kiss-up. Yeah. 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 What's going on over there, Glow? <laughs> <laughs> We're having lots of fun over here on this uh, terminal. Okay. Um, in re- in regards to Han, she has become a huge um, suck up. But you have to remember that that you know she was involved with Burke, so she didn't have to because you know he looked out for her and he made sure that she got in on procedures where. Um, and and this is part of the reason why Han despises her. You know. Um, and and it's so much harder for her to get the attention that that she thinks she deserves to be part of of her specialty. So yeah, you know, the the one thing I will say is is that I think Han knows exactly what she's doing to Christina, and that Christina kind of needs to be treated the way that she's being treated. Oh, I agree. And 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 and, and I really believe that that Han sees her as the best doctor that they have out of that entire bunch. And, and, and sees all that potential, but she cannot let her know that she sees that because she needs, to be, she needs to be able to be humbled so that she doesn't, I guess, maybe 
miss things in the future because of her arrogance. Right, because if if it is her, if it is Christina's desire to be the next Han or the next Burke, you know, as being the best in their field, then she's going to need to learn some humility so that when she is in that role, then she can mentor, you know, someone else. And yeah. so I, I, I agree. I think that Han knows exactly what she's doing. I think she's doing it deliberately. And yeah. and I like see, I like seeing Christina have to go through that. I really do. Yeah. The other thing um, that I wanted to just say about Christina is that, once again, this is the second person in this episode. Actually, they showed it with her first before Meredith, but uh, this is the second person that kind of seems to have matured above the level of let's go at this as a contest and, and, and at all odds it's about winning, it's about this. When she says, you know, you know what, I'll, I will, I would love to sit and watch your procedure. Um, obviously, she's doing that out of, you know, she's just trying to get on Han's good side, but at the same time, you know, it, that is, that's something mature to do, because she was definitely in the lead. She loves to be the winner. She loves to do all those things, but now she is um, definitely, you know, give, putting that aside and saying, you know what, I will do this. Right, and, and, well, and... And also, she's trying to sit on on Han's good side. So I think in this episode, the standout great. I can't. I hear myself. Just go. You're fine. I know the standout um, great director among them in this episode was Meredith, not Christina, because I think that Meredith chose to do what she did to save lives. Christina still chose to watch that procedure get on Han's good side. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the patient on the table. Yeah, this is true. I, I, I can see that. That's definitely true. Um, yeah, that is definitely one way of looking at it. The one, uh, the other thing that just to make a mention of here in our show is uh, the the fact that you, you've got what's her name, Callie O'Malley. Callie O'Malley. Well, Callie and Han hanging out. Drop the the O'Malley now. Um, yeah, the you know the whole Erica and and Callie hanging out is fine, and I loved when they were you know like um, I'm sorry, I don't know who this. In the in the chat room, that says you know the Erica Hahn, Erica Hahn. When when Christina and Callie were talking, you know she kept Christina kept calling her Dr. Hahn, and then Callie was like, um, yeah, Erica. I thought that, that that was really cute playing that out. But what well, I now I forgot what I was going to say about it. Yeah. What was your original question? No, I just I just thought it was <laughs> neat that that they're hanging out and they're showing that, and I I just like how that's being played out. Um, yeah. But anyway, just so you know that that's Emily in there. Okay. The so uh, let's see here. Moving on, we only got a few more notes in here that I wanted to share, and then we'll uh, – Somebody, who was it here? KY Jeeper. I think that that's Ben, isn't it, from Kentucky? Yeah, that's what you told me. So I think it's Ben Moore. Ben, yeah, okay. I'm, not, uh, I'm not ready gonna, to talk about that yet. Is that your yeah. next oh, that's gonna. We're going to take his comment last because that's, that's when Cliff's going to go off and I'm going to have to move away from the children. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, 
So let's go ahead and talk about the last note that I have, and then anything you want to talk about. The last, the last <laughs> other note that I have is that Chief um, Weber, the Chief yes. Weber, Chief Weber yeah. is. Uh, Hold on. Okay, so they're getting ready to board this plane. Okay. So anyway, um, Chief Weber seems to have a a conversation with Alex about you know you must be the underdog and and of course we we've understood this about Alex. It's something that they've been showing us in his character all through this uh, situation. And um, you know it, it was kind of neat to see that. It's almost as though the chief is going to start kind of doing for him. Maybe what he did for George early on is is kind of just taking him under his wings and and uh, really mentoring him. Do you think that that's yeah. something we're seeing? Um, I think so, or I thought so the first time I watched it. And then there's the, at the end when he goes in and um, and talks to Izzy. So I, I, I want to think so because I think that I, I love Alex's character. Um, <laughs> that little kid has the cutest voice. I just have to say that. It is adorable. <laughs> the plane's coming right now. Anyway, that is really cute. So, um, I, I want that to be the case. I want uh, Richard to, to mentor Alex, but I don't know if he is necessarily in the position to. I mean, obviously, he's the chief. I guess he could do whatever he wants, but... Yeah, I, I've I've lost concentration here. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> You're so anyway, I tell you what. Why don't you go ahead? Because you said you weren't ready to talk about uh, the illegitimate character of Grey's Anatomy yet. Right. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and share whatever else you have on your mind? Okay, I really liked how they showed some from frustration from George that now he's not part of the race that, with these people that he started out with. You know, he's no longer part, you know, he's not a resident. He's back at being an intern. I think they showed some of that frustration in him in this episode. So I kind of like to see that because up until this point, they just kind of show him like, you know, like he doesn't really have a care in the world about the fact that he failed his exam and, and had to start, you know, over. Right. They show him kicking the wall and, you know, being frustrated about about the contest. Then, um, you know, so completely negative of of Meredith and, and Izzy while they're looking for their medical mysteries. And um, so I really I really thought that it was um, it, it was that frustration that okay he did let himself down and that he was able to acknowledge that. Uh, I love the. Oh, there's two of them. Oh, I thought oh, yeah. there was only one. I thought no, there was only one. Okay. I'm I'm being double teamed over here. That's sweet. <laughs> Welcome to my life, babe. I know. Um, so anyway, I really loved the scene in the elevator between Mark and Derek. <laughs> When, when, um, when Mark tells him, you know, well, I thought that after Addison and after Meredith, it was just going to be us, and you know, I really, I really liked that because in the beginning of the season, as as long ago as it was, um, 
you know, we were all saying that the whole purpose of Derek or of Mark for being on the show was to <laughs> but the whole reason for, for Mark I can't. I'm sorry. You can't what? I I can't hear. <laughs> so the the whole reason for Mark to be on the show was but his whole purpose was to re- rebuild that relationship with Derek. And so now that's what he wants to do. But, you know, Derek has moved on to a rebound girl and, and focusing all his time there. Okay. Mark clearly feels neglected and was able to say so. Right. Does that make sense? Whatever you just said, babe, I completely okay. agree with you 100%. Okay. So, people, anyone that heard me, can you tell me if that made sense? <laughs> I'm not really sure if anyone could hear me. <laughs> so, anyway, um, but I, I did. I really loved that scene. I, I really liked that scene because I do think that they need to just be, get back to being, you know, buddies, you know, guy friends. Even though, you know, Derek can still date this um Derek can still still date this girl or even, you know, ditch her and get back with Meredith, but that doesn't mean that their friendship has to be neglected as a result. Right. So so here's here's the thing. Are you ready? Is that the only other thing that you wanted to mention before we go into the end discussion here? Yeah, but I so don't want to go there because not because right. of you. Not because of you, just because I despise that whole I mean, does can I start it off? Well, I just want to say I'm going to start it off with a, a good segue. Cause oh, a warning. Okay. Uh, no, the Emily says something wonderful, oh. uh, and, and it's going to lead us into this. Emily chat room said, and I'm, hold on one second because now i got to scroll back. Um, doo, 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 doo. She said, I think, no, hold on. Where did it? Oh, she moved back up to the top. Anyway, yeah. the chief and, she says the chief and Bailey were great with their conflicting views on the competition. Both loved it and were annoyed by it. And I think that that is, is true, and, and I'm so glad because it wasn't even until you said this during this podcast that it really made sense to me that, you know, I, I was thinking what, how awful this contest because of what we're going to talk about, but yet if it wasn't for the contest, then Meredith wouldn't have found the tumor. And so I can see... He said that the final inning made it, but it goes final inning made it, but it goes to American Eagle Flight 2836 with Maddox Hunter to Kansas. Okay, it was the final call. All right, so okay, so the situation is that um, you know that they are conflicted by it. You know, they're they're. You know, to be able to be on alert, looking for things all the time, can be good. But that, but it, I guess it, the thing is, is it's only bad. It it can go really bad when it's put into the hands of somebody who has a completely horrible, illegitimate, illegitimate character of the television show, who should not have a license to practice any sort of medicine of any such caliper, and that would be Doctor Izzy Seuss. Yeah, um, here is the deal. I really, I I agree with you. I was so frustrated with this character, or with her character, but here is what I want to know. Does she know, I mean, what kind of, you know, like, awesome character 
that she is is torturing throughout this episode. I mean, this is Cheech Marin, and poor guy had to endure her being, well, obviously it wasn't him. He was playing a character, but I just, I was upset that they chose, um, you know, him to be her patient. Are you following me? Right. I'm sorry. What did, what did you say again? Like she she was. Hold on. <laughs> I think we should come to the airport every week to record these podcasts. You think that would be so much fun? Except you can't get to this part of the airport without a ticket, and that would get costly. <laughs> I'm just kidding, by the way. <laughs> All right. So just tell me, uh, what did you say real quick? You you didn't like how they did something with her patient. Well, I didn't like that her patient was Cheech Marin. You know, here oh. is this awesome guy that I used to watch with my dad and all the time, and, you know, they just let her, you know, torture him all day long for no well, reason. Uh, no, $20,000 worth of medical um, tests and procedures for nothing. That's exactly my point. The flu. For the flu, exactly. And so it's not like... Uh, you know, obviously, Meredith went around searching for, quote-unquote, the medical mystery or the 80-point score, if you will, and and she did it in a way that was non-evasive. It wasn't like, you know, she wasn't like overly anticipated. You know, she didn't make the patient go through lots of pain, lots of stress, and it didn't cost the hospital, you know, $120,000 in spinal taps and you know, it's like, oh, this is going to be a little bit uncomfortable. And, and the way that she was just pressuring him, it's like, come on. You know, the, the, the L, what was it, the LVAT wire, that, that for me. Okay, that you have to move on from. You have to only no. talk about this character in regards to this episode. All I'm saying is that, you know, the, all, this, this episode put me back to the whole view. I mean, I was I was ready to move on prior to this episode, but they did it again. They they did, and I don't know why. What do they have against this character? I mean, obviously, it's something with the writers because they continue to write her in a bad way. Either you know, get her out of the surgery, you know, profession, you know, have her pick a different specialty and move on from it, or have her like. I mean, obviously, she's clearly screwed up more times than we can count, you know, so have her learn from her mistakes and become a better doctor or kick her out of the program and move on. Yeah, what, let's see here. Um, ben says, I'm waiting for Izzy to completely blow. I don't see, I, let's see, I don't see redemption. Please, five, five, please. Also, patient passages, Miss Nett, and water. Please, come to D5, or on like 7.39. This is on it. And order. Please come to D5. Your final call is Five White Representative D5, please. All right. That is the final, final, final call. That is the final, They're final call. They're not going to wait on those people any longer. That's it. All right. So, so that, that's where I stand anyway, in the matter. Ben, uh, ben says he doesn't see any redemption for her character anytime soon. And, you know, I, I just I just don't like her character. I don't at all. I mean, they had a great chance to redeem her character after the whole after the whole Denny thing, and they didn't. And now she's still, you know, she has no confidence. She, 
I mean, she's kind of, she was even sitting there telling George, I want that instinct. Where do they get that instinct? Great doctors have that instinct. And, you know, just admit that you don't have it. Yeah, she, it, it's clear she does not have the instinct necessary to be a doctor. And, and it's like, come on, by golly, Chief Weber, you need to step up and say, listen, you got to go. Right, I, I, I agree, you know. Admit it's you like, don't have it, so pick up and move on. So do I need to yell at you for the $120,000 in, in tests that weren't necessary for this patient? I mean, come on. Get a little backbone. Yeah, yeah yell at her. You know, kick All her right. out. I mean, anyway, I, so. I I love what Cheech Marin said. What he I said loved her. when he went off on he her. He put the her end. in her place. <laughs> and I just, that, that's, I, I just wish that would happen with every patient she comes in contact from this point forward. That would be awesome. Oh, really? Well, Emily says here in the um, in the chat room that Catherine Heigl wants to leave and isn't allowed. Well, you know what? Really? Just go around saying, you know, degrading things about your castmates and they'll fire you. So, you know, I mean, use what you got and get out. Because they, I mean, they. she can do so much better. I mean, this is not to stand against Catherine Heigl in any way. It's the character Izzy in the way that they write her. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not it's not. I mean, Catherine yes. Heigl does an amazing job portraying that. That's not her oh, yeah. fault. It's just the I way don't... that they continue to write her. Yeah, I, no, there's no question that she she's a wonderful actress and stuff like that. So, yeah, the, there's no question about that. It's just the the, the character on the show. And you know, it, the, I had the same feelings. I, I feel just as strongly about the whole McSmurphy scene. But I complete. You don't you don't hear me going back to that over and over again. You know, the whole Meredith being dead and, and blue like a Smurf, and then all of a sudden yeah. she's fine and back at work. So what and are you, you doing now if you're not <laughs> keep going back to that? Well, the, the only reason I reference that is just to say that I felt just as strongly about that scene as I did about the LVAT wire. But the right. only reason I'm bringing that one up now is to show you how I can move on from a completely poorly written scene and and still enjoy the character development of so uh, of someone. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So all I all I'm saying is with Izzy, it's like moving right along already. I mean, come on. Okay. Now you're talking too loud because I can hear you across the terminal. And in my <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down over there, buddy. All right. <laughs> So I think that should pretty much wrap it up. What we're going to do is we're going to say, if anybody wants to uh, call in and say any comments and any thoughts that you have, um, I'll just read in the chat room here. It says, uh, let's see here, I, um, Winnie says, I found it strange that, Itty, that Izzy wasn't punished for what she did. That's exactly my point. Exactly my point. It, I couldn't agree with you more. And then Allison L says, yeah, maybe her punishment... Maybe this is her punishment, bad character development. Very good. So, yep, anyway. That's not, fair. that's not fair to Catherine Heigl because she could be out doing other things, better things than being stuck in, I mean, a useless character. Yeah. Oh. All righty. So, the, let's see here. Um, Emily wants to know if we're going to mention next week's episode. I suppose we can uh, go ahead and say, if you don't want to hear anything about what, Seth? Uh, no, that that's it, yeah. Just. Okay, so if you guys don't want to hear anything about next week's episode and the preview that we saw, then go ahead and stop your podcast now. 
so let's go ahead and talk about next week's promo. Uh, what what stood out in it to you, Steph? Hello, Kate Walsh. Addison's no, going to be on next week's episode, which no is going to be doubt. awesome. You know, I'm I'm glad that that she's getting. You know, I cannot wait until the fall when private practice comes back because it is due back in the fall. But at the same time, I'm glad that, you know, they're they're bringing her back for a short time and, and still not letting us forget about that character, you know. Not that we yeah. would, but but they're, they're just putting her out there and saying, you know, okay, don't forget about me. Here I am. I am coming back. I just have to wait a bit longer. So um, I, I love her and um, – some, Emily says with her new hair, so I guess she's got a new hair. I haven't seen that um, because I wasn't watching the previews all that close. But um, well, it looks like it looks like next week's going to be a great week because she's going to have a lot of insights into the Meredith and Derek thing, which I was so done with in the when when we came up to the strike. You know, I was so done with the whole breakup sex and and everything like that, and so it was really driving me crazy. But um, but now. We are coming to a time where um, I, I've read an article where, where Shonda Rhimes really wants to take those two characters and, and turn that into a lasting relationship. So I would really love to see her do that and how that would play out. And I think that a key role in that is going to be Addison. Yeah. And, and so Ben Moore was saying that uh, private practice better come back because he was worried when he saw that Addison was going to be in next week's episode, you know. Yeah, no, I think happened. that a lot of people were. I think that a lot of people were worried when when they found out that that she was going to be back. But she's only back for maybe just this episode. If um, I thought it was going to be for maybe two, but it might just be this episode. I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. but it, I think yeah. I think it's going to be awesome to see her back. Um, and and obviously, I think private practice has a huge fan following all on its own. It, it's such oh, an amazing yeah, absolutely. show. Yeah, it, it, so. has, it has a following that Grace doesn't have because it's so much more mature. I mean, it's so much a better grown-up show. So. Yep. And but then, I can't uh, wait to see Kate next week. Yeah, it's going to be great. And, the, and I agree with you that next week's episode, she's going to play an integral role. And uh, I think her and Mark are going to team up and on on Derek and say, listen, dude, don't you understand? You're going to need to fight for Meredith. Well, I don't know because in this episode, Mark said he'd give Rose a chance. If well, that's what Derek, you know, if Derek was really into her, if he thought that it could go somewhere, then he would give her a chance. So he said, but I, I, I think, think the key, the key will be Addison. Even if even if you're right, and it is Addison and Mark who kind of um, gang up on Derek. That that'll be fine, but I think the key to that will be Addison reminding Mark of just what Derek and Meredith had in the begin, you know, in the right. beginning before it got ugly. Yeah. Well, that's really all I have for this episode. I want to apologize to everybody who's listened to this entire show um, for the quality <laughs> of it and for the for all the interruptions and distractions. I'm gonna not put this out immediately. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna try to clean up the audio a little bit and maybe cut out a little bit here and there of, of some of the announcements. But uh, okay. anyway, it, it's obviously, no matter what I do to this, it's going to be a, a pretty rough recording. But we are so thankful uh, to be able to say that Grays is back. And uh, it, it, was, it was a priority for us as podcasters of the Grays Anatomy uh, fan podcast to be able to say, you know what, even if we're in New York City, 
uh, and away on a conference, we definitely wanted to provide our initial reaction and thoughts. And so we encourage you guys to call in your thoughts at area code 859-795-4067. That's area code 859-795-4067. I'm going to ask Andrea. I know that she's dialed in by phone. Andrea, did you have anything you wanted to add that we didn't touch on? Uh, no, I think you guys covered it. I think that one of the things you touched on that I totally agree is the importance of, like, I think Mark and Derek, I think that they're such great friends, and it's good that they're kind of getting back to their friendship, you know? Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, that is that is probably my favorite relationship, if you will, on the on Grey's Anatomy is seeing their, their friendship, friendship yeah. being restored and rebuilt. So, very I cool. Agree. Well, I agree. Well, we're going to... Cliff, before you sign off here, I want to say thank you to everybody who came into the chat room and joined us because they totally just killed an hour of our wait, and our flight is, like, in an hour. So that's really cool. Very cool. So uh, with that, we'll be back next week. Uh, We're going to be watching Grey's Anatomy on uh, what? An hour and a half. Anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. So anyway, we're going to be watching Grey's Anatomy on Friday. Yes, we will. We'll be watching it on on Friday morning, and then I do believe we're going to podcast about it on Friday afternoon. Yes, uh, right. during lunch time. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And and if you go to gspn.tv slash oh my come on people we're recording a podcast here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We have this little podcast. They're trying to run an airport. I think you should like get some perspective. So anyway, okay, so anyway, gspn.tv slash schedule, and you'll see our production schedule, where Gray's uh, falls and stuff like that. So anyway, we'll be back soon with another episode. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye.